GB Core content, we're going to be talking about the disturbed patient. Um, hooking straight into things on that. Um, probability causes of acute disturbance are the 4Ds. So someone's acutely disturbed, you're thinking 4Ds. Dementia, delirium, depression and drugs. Um, serious disorders in a patient who is acutely disturbed are... Uh, one of everything, so cardiovascular causes like stroke, heart failure, arrhythmias, um, acute coronary syndrome, cerebral malignancies, lung cancers, sepsis, um, delirium, anxiety, hyponatremia, for more elderly people, fecal impaction, kidney failure, abnormal grief reactions, for example, um, Aboriginal people, actual dementia, um, and any of the drugs or withdrawal from drugs. Um, you want to be able to differentiate between delirium, dementia, drugs and depression on history and exam and we'll talk through that later. Uh, investigations you might want to consider in undifferentiated disturbance, uh, routine bloods, vitamin D, thyroid, B12 folate, um, head CT, syphilis serology, HIV serology, um, an ECG or head CT, uh, tox screen might be good as well. Just basically investigations are going to work through dementia, delirium, depression and drugs. Uh, some management of the acutely disturbed patient. So react calmly, assess the environment. Don't go into the environment until it's under complete control. State for your task firmly and simply. Control a patient gently. Ensure safety of staff. No heroics and make sure you have an adequate number of staff. In terms of sedation, you need to remember the adverse effects of sedation. And they are respiratory depression, hypotension, dystonic reactions and neuroleptic malignant syndrome. In terms of causes of delirium, Causes of delirium. Delirium can be caused by any drug intoxication or sensitivity to that drug or withdrawal from that substance. Um, delirium can be caused by infections, metabolic disturbances, endocrine disturbances, nutritional defects, hypoxia, uh, strokes, head injuries and any subtle causes of pain or emotions. The features of delirium include disorientation, clouding of the conscious state, impaired attention, impaired memory, a global cognitive defect, odd behaviours with mood swings, psychotic symptoms and visual hallucinations, uh, and differentials of delirium would include things like anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, complex partial seizures possibly, or dementia, so any of those other four Ds. Um, the management of delirium... You want to treat delirium as a medical emergency. You want to re-establish hydration, check electrolytes, uh, check nutrition, give thymine if there's any alcohol withdrawal. Um, you know, they will be later term things. In the short term, attend to the patient having a calm environment and, you know, ensuring your management of your acutely disturbed patient is managed well. Uh, medication in delirium or for aggression or psychotic behaviours, so 
you are going to sedate someone chemically, um, the options are haloperidol, 1 to 5 milligrams orally, olanzapine, 2.5 to 10 milligrams orally. Um, IM sedation, you might want to use haloperidol, 0.5 milligrams IM, or olanzapine, 2.5 milligrams IM, um, or midazolam, 2.5 milligrams IM. Uh, and if you've got an anticholinergic delirium, you want to treat that with tacrine hydrochloride, 15 to 30 milligrams. If you believe your patient has dementia, the history in dementia should help differentiate that out. So the onset in dementia is more insidious uh, versus a clear-cut onset in delirium. Um, there's normally a variable course over 24 hours where it's worse in the evening in dementia, i.e. sundowning. There's nil insight in dementia. There's nil orientation in dementia. Um, memory loss, so there's more memory loss in recent events than remote events in dementia. Uh, and people tend to get agitated in response to their own mistakes in dementia. The organic causes of, that you want to exclude that might mimic dementia include drugs and alcohol or depression. So the acronym is dementia. So D is drugs and alcohol slash depression. E is ears and eyes. M is metabolic. E is emotional. N is nutrition. T is tumours or trauma. I is infection. And A is arteriovascular disease. Um... The risk factors for dementia include hypothyroidism, Down syndrome, history of head injury, generalised atherosclerosis or Parkinson's disease. So in terms of overall management of dementia, you want to think about driving restrictions, attending to the patient's comorbidities, have their social social situation sorted. Uh, make sure the patient's safe in their home. Uh, involve the ACAT team or hospital in the home. There's a defightdementiant.org website, and you want to think about respite for the carer. In terms of management of acute disturbance in dementia, um, you want to choose from risperidone 0.5 milligrams daily. Olanzapine 2.5 to 10 daily, or oxazepam 15 milligrams, one to four times daily. Uh, for more long-term management of dementia, you can use um, your anticholinesterase inhibitors. Uh, so you can use denepazil, you can use galantamine, rivastigmine, and basically the criteria for prescribing those is that you need to document the MMSE, and you need to have a uh, increase of two, so a two point increase at the six month period to enable PBS to continue the prescription of those medications. Uh, Mimantine is reserved for when you have an MMSE of 10 to 14. Uh, so the types of dementia 60% of dementia is Alzheimer's type. So the features of Alzheimer's type are that you have an insidious onset of memory problems. Frontal type dementia with 10% of all dementias, and that's manifested as personality changes. Dementia with Lewy bodies makes up 
of dementias, and that's manifested as hallucinations. Vascular dementia makes up 10% of dementias, and that's manifested as starting suddenly with focal neuroscience and possibly a stroke. And alcohol excess dementia makes up 5% of all dementias. Um, so the main features in history of dementia are an impairment of memory and impairment of abstract thinking. So moving on to psychosis, um, the causes of acute psychosis include things such as schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, bipolar disorder, drug-induced psychosis or a straight-up delusional disorder. Um, and before your psychosis begins, you can have some prodromal features such as social withdrawal, reduced attentions, uh, reduced, reduced drive and motivation, depressed mood, anxiety or irritability. Uh, the symptoms of acute psychosis, so the features of acute psychosis on history, uh, include anxiety, depressed mood, elevated mood, auditory hallucinations, thought insertion, thought withdrawal, thought broadcasting, thought echo, delusions of control, reference, persecution, delusions of grandeur, and delusions of guilt. The DSM-5 key criteria for diagnosing schizophrenia are A through to E. So A is two or more of the following each present for a significant portion of time during a one-month period. So at least one of delusions, hallucinations and disorganised speech. And you can have four and five, grossly disorganised or catatonic behaviour and negative symptoms like a flunt affect. B is social learning or occupational dysfunction. C is continuous signs of disturbance for at least six months. D is no evidence of other psychoses, e.g. bipolar. And E is it's not attributable to the effects of substance abuse or other medical condition. <clears throat> um, and you can break up the signs, you know, the features of history in um, schizophrenia to the positive, negative, cognitive and mood affects. So the positive signs would be things like delusion, delusions and hallucinations and thought disorders. Negative signs of schizophrenia would be flat affect poverty of thought, lack of motivation and social withdrawal. Cognitive effects of schizophrenia would be distractibility, impaired working memory, impaired insight, and mood disturbances in schizophrenia or mania or depression. Uh, the differentials of schizophrenia um, include especially drugs, so amphetamines, hallucinogens, marijuana, and the other organic factors, the other four Ds. So depression, dementia, delirium, and drugs. Uh, in terms of management of schizophrenia, drug management is only a part of the overall management. You need to ensure that you've got explanation and reassurance, get supportive psychotherapy involved at all time. So in the acute phase, um, you know, so typically the first presentation, hospitalization is normally necessary, and that's when you commence drug treatment for the psychoses. Um, so you can use first-generation antipsychotics such as haloperidol or chlorpromazine. 
they're effective at managing positive symptoms, or the second generation, so they're atypical antipsychotics, such as risperidone, olanzapine, quetiapine, clozapine, which in addition uh, to the positive also can treat the negative aspects of schizophrenia. So haloperidol and chlorpromazine are good at managing the positive symptoms, so they're good for sedating, um, and risperidone and olanzapine and quetiapine are good at both positive and negative um, parts of schizophrenia. <coughs> Um, when oral medication is possible, first-line treatment is normally done with, say, olanzapine 5 milligrams at night, quetiapine 50 milligrams BD, working your way up to 200 milligrams BD, risperidone 0.5 milligrams nocte, working up to 2 milligrams nocte. Um, and if the response is inadequate at three weeks, then you can increase the dose. And if there's no response after four to six weeks, consider a change to either an alternative second generation agent or a first generation. So thinking about haloperidol, 1.5 milligrams daily, all the way up to 7.5 milligrams daily. Um, you want to avoid parenteral, so avoid IM or IV, but you can use that in acute care if you need to. So you can use haloperidol 2.5 up to 10 IM or olanzapine 5 to 10 IM, and you want to cover that with benztropine 1 to 2 milligrams BD to avoid a dystonic reaction in the acute setting. If you do have an acute dystonic reaction, then benztropine 1 to 2 milligrams IV or IM. If you've got drug-resistant schizophrenia, you can consider other causes and consider management options with ECT, uh, or consider a trial of clozapine 300 to 600 milligrams daily, um, but you need strict monitoring for blood dyscrasies there. Um, after a while, on antipsychotics, you might be getting some movement disorders from the antipsychotic med medication. So you get acute dystonias, akathisia, Parkinsonian features, tardive dyskinesia, uh, and as a rare side effect, you can get neuroleptic malignant syndrome. So acute dystonia is basically acute bizarre muscle spasms, oculogyric crisis, uh, laryngeal spasms. And the treatment of acute dystonias is benztropine or cogentin, 1 to 2 milligrams IV or IM. Akathisia is a subjective motor restlessness of feet and legs. Uh, it's generally later on, and the treatment for that is reduced doses. We can use oral propranolol, diazepam or benztropine short term. Parkinsonian movements are seen relatively early uh, in treatment and you can use a lower dose uh, treatment to counteract the Parkinsonian features. Uh, tardive dyskinesia is a syndrome of uh, abnormal movements of the face, mouth, tongue, trunk and limbs, so that pill rolling and lip smacking movements of tardive dyskinesia. It's a major problem with the long-term use of antipsychotics and usually occurs months or years after starting treatment. Um, you want to think about withdrawing the drug for a bit, or you can use tetrabenazine, 12.5 milligrams daily, increasing as necessary. But you need to weigh up the benefits of continuing therapy. Um, so you want to basically ensure that using the lowest possible dose of antipsychotic at all time to avoid that. Um, rarely you can get neuroleptic malignant syndrome, which is a potentially fatal uh, adverse event. You can get high temperatures, muscle rigidity and altered consciousness uh, and the treatment for that is discontinue meds 
hydrate with IV fluids. <clears throat> and if life-threatening, use bromocryptine, 2.5 milligrams BD, and, and dantrolene, 50 megs IV every 12 hours. Then you want to refer to a consultant if you get that. Uh, and it's worth mentioning the side effect of cardiac dysfunction. So various psychotropics can cause prolongation of the QT interval and severe outcomes as a result of that.